This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Kevin Daggett and Lee Vowell. And welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast. I'm Lee. Todd, how are you? I am Todd. Yes, I'm you well. are. Sorry. I was confused for a moment. We uh we have Todd, one of the stories we're going to be discussing today, we have Todd on site in a city near you. Uh, we flew him down uh, from his lair um, where he normally is across the street, and he'll be he'll be reporting live from near Miami, Florida, home of the Miami Hurricanes. Where are the Miami Hurricanes? University of Miami is actually in Miami, right? But the stadium's outside Miami. Is that right? Well, the universe, university is in Coral Gables, which is a suburb of Miami, and then the okay. stadium is. Almost in Broward County. I actually be in Broward County, but yeah, it's they play with the Dolphins, but they're like ten thousand miles away. But eh, you know, gotcha. It, they don't play in Joe Robbie though, because money, money, money. Still yeah. Joe Robbie Stadium because he built it with his own money. Anyway, <laughs> that's right. That's our show. Thanks for no, I'm just kidding. So um, anyway, let's uh, <laughs> we'll start with the big Seahawks news, which is uh, that they have not officially uh, made it. Uh, so, but uh, Clint Hurt, who was the defensive line coach the last four years, five years, um, is going to be the new uh, defensive coordinator. And they've hired Ed Donatel from the Broncos, um, who was on his way out because they made a head coaching change. So the defensive coordinator leaves. It's always weird when that happens, right? You might have a very successful defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator and they fire the head coach and then the new head coach comes in and I want my own guys like well this guy was pretty successful why don't you stick with him but usually they make a change so it's weird right anyway but Ed Donatel is coming in to be a senior defensive advisor and um uh, it seems like he's going to be the passing game coordinator which I think is brilliant one of the writers on 12th Men Rising was texting me this week complaining about it but I'm like what do you not like about Ed Donatel been too successful over his years but um what, what do you think uh, as far as the Ed donatel hire passing game coordinator which should fix especially with the linebackers falling coverage and then uh the hire of clint hurt whose players absolutely seem to love him and maybe that was a big part of the hire my, my initial reaction was like really here we go you know because pete won't talk to anybody it seems like that he doesn't know that he hasn't worked with for since he was six but uh, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm pretty good with this because, uh, like you said, Hurt's done a good job, basically, with the defensive line. Uh, as as someone wrote in an article, oh, that would be you on 12th Man Rising. He wasn't the one who said, oh, let's drop 330-pound de- defensive linemen back into coverage. That would be someone else who is no longer working for the Seahawks. Uh yeah, overall, I think that combination is going to be really strong. I really like it. And unlike the Miami Dolphins, who you mentioned, they're not going to do something stupid like try to have two coordinators. <laughs> that doesn't really work. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's a really, really good call. I like that. Um, overall, do I wish they had, he had gone outside of the family and done a different hire he's like yeah i still kind of feel like that because i still feel like he's resistant to something just different but it does feel like 
well, honestly, if they'd put me in as defensive coordinator, I don't think they could have been worse than, than what they've done. Because I know that Puna Ford is not going to cover someone like Tyreek Hill over the middle. Apparently, Ken Norton Jr. was unaware of that <laughs> that fact. Oh, because Puna takes up so much space, it you know, yeah, maybe I guess, limits the route. I guess that was his uh, his thought process there. And I picture that we'll be getting back to a lot of blitzing, uh, or we may not have to, but clearly they needed to do that this season, and they didn't again for whatever insane reason and it wasn't just that jamal adams wasn't blitzing bobby wagner wasn't everyone the blitz right. dropped by i think it was like 40 percent or 45 percent. it was just absolutely bizarre especially when you consider there wasn't a pass rush right like, okay, well, yeah, take, yeah. like you said you're taking the pass rushers and dropping them into coverage and it's like but we're not gonna yeah. blitz well, why why not blitz but then drop <laughs> i don't know i'm yeah, not a, was, a coach bizarre. but you know there, there was a reason Ken Norton Jr. was terminated, and yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I guess the there's a lot, lot of different elements to this, right? It could be that uh, you know we're still seeing this as Pete's defense, and uh, mm-hmm. people wanted him to go outside the coaching tree, but he's he's been successful for like a few thousand decades, right. and he he did in a way. I mean, Donatel, he's known Don, Donatel, but they Donatel doesn't come from the Pete Carroll coaching tree. Right. They come from the Bud Grant coaching tree. And then, if anything, Don tells more of the Vic Fangio, and nothing wrong with that defensively, the coaching exactly. tree at this point. So he, yeah. he did a little bit. He just happened to work with the guy a couple of times with the Jets and then at Pacific. How how loaded was that Pacific coaching staff, by the way? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, Pe- Pete, you'd be the head coach, but we got this guy named Don Shula who's the head coach right now. So, I mean, yeah. so um, <laughs> my, Mike Holmgren's offensive coordinator. So, and the team goes one and one and ten. So, um, anyway, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's Pete's defense, but I'm I like you said, I'm glad they didn't do a a code defensive coordinator because I've heard people talk on seven ten ESPN Seattle this week about oh maybe they should do that. I don't even know how that works. Like, how do you you can't you can't do that. You can't you can't because it's a unit. I mean, yeah, there are separate aspects to it: the defensive line, the linebackers, the secondary. But you got to have one person that makes the decision. Of course, ultimately, that's Pete. We all know that. But, yeah, you can't have co. No, it doesn't work. No, somebody calls the plays, right? They, they play. They call defensive plays just like they do offensive plays. I'm sorry if that's right. new information to your listener, but that's how it works. So you can't have two <laughs> two coordinators. Like, who's who, whoever calls the play, that's the coordinator. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wait, it's I got first and third down. You'll get second. Oh, wait, is it second down? Is it your turn? Oh, delay of game. Thank you. So, <laughs> I can yeah. totally see that happening too, because that would be a train wreck. Seahawks, yeah, yes, especially. It it is it is good that you know there's an infusion of some, some new blood though for sure. Yeah, I think that's going to make ah, make a big difference. So, uh, I am predicting not just top five, top four defense, because for a while they were top four until. You know, just the season wore on, and it's like, oh, it's really fun being out there for 38 minutes a game. It's like, yeah, it's not. I'm, that's not going to happen this season because, again, they're not going to have Puna Four dropping back in coverage. They'll have more blitzes. They'll get off the damn field. They won't give up 
another 10 minute and 12 minute and 10 minute and an 11 minute drive over and over and over. They'll actually get some stops. Yeah. And if they do, then, then Pete needs to go. But, you know, because there's yeah, something that's exactly. happening from year to year where it's like, what's the, the through line on this? It's Pete Carroll. But I don't, yeah, I don't have sure. anything against Pete. I mean, the guy's been the best coach, head coach in Seahawks history. He's been a really good head coach for, I mean, how good has <sighs> USC been since he left? These you people know? who are so adamant about it, it's like, oh, we got to dump Pete. we got to change this over. It's like, you had one bad season. One. It's like. Have you not seen what some of these franchises look franchises look like? Are you serious? Yep. I mean, come on. It's like be a Cowboys fan. You think this sucks? Yeah. Be a Cowboys fan. Yeah, congratulations. You got to the playoffs again. It's like when, when's the last time you won a meaningful game? Does it count if you lose the first game every time you go to the playoffs that you're actually in the playoffs? It's like you should get a win, right? That should oh, I've been in the playoffs. Okay, you made the playoffs, you lost. It's it's like it's just like extended regular season then. But I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. 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 I mean, it's a uh, it's you know, it's more fans, especially social media days, you know, when when we were young in oh, the yeah. early 1800s, um, we didn't have all this social media. So mm. it's easier or I guess worse, I guess, in a way, but it, to react to things because everything's you got to have it right down there. You know, you got to fix the Seahawks. They what the, it's the middle of the season. They're not going to the playoffs. If we fix this right now, we're going to the playoffs. It's like, that doesn't happen. The team was seven and 10 in the best division in football. Three of the teams went to the playoffs. Two of them were in the conference championship game. One of them's in the Super Bowl and probably will win it. I mean, so you can only complain so much, right? They could get right back yeah. to the playoffs next season. Cause you know, the Cardinals are going to tank in the second half of the season. Like they do every year with Cliff Kingsbury. So coach, yeah. it's, it's atrocious how, I mean, even go back to college, this is way off subject, but, Shouldn't that be a fireball offense? I'm I'm not a Cardinals guy, but if you know this guy has a losing second half of the season every year for years, you're thinking something he's strange. doing in his coaching is yeah. not. Yeah, it's like teams get better. Usually the Seahawks used to get better as the season wore on. Actually, they did this year. They finished four and two, which is a sign of a good coach. If your team gets worse as the season goes not on, that they thinking, should do that. Yeah, it's kind of weird. After. To make the playoff. Yep, but you you actually hit on something just a second ago. It's like, and that and that is, you know, an overreaction. Yeah, over, let's yeah. say that again. Yeah. Overreaction. And and one of our favorite former Seahawks, Richard Sherman, basically kind of, you know, he has a podcast, so everything Richard Sherman says is magnify magnified even more than it was because he has this podcast now. But he definitely had some. Mm-hmm some uh, things to say about the Seahawks and you actually wrote an article about it. Tell us a little bit about what Richard had to say. Uh, Richard. Yes. Are you still expectations? That's what he was talking about. Gotcha. I think you faded out for just a minute. You may have to restart. All we heard was Richard, and then there was a pause, and I was like, Todd's really pissed at Richard. He can't even talk right now. <laughs> so Richard basically called out the fans. That was the the, the gist of his uh, statement, which was a long podcast. Was, they didn't even talk about that until, like, what, minute 27 or whatever when he was on, when he had Cliff Averill on. Yay, Cliff. Um, as we just were. And talking about this. Is we just had Cliff Averill on? What? I know. Pretty cool. That would be awesome. We should ask him. It would be awesome. We should, you should, you should ask him. He, he 
he doesn't return my calls and for good reason because <laughs> he doesn't know who I am. Uh, <laughs> Todd but, Hindenburg, what? Is this uh, Brian Flores' agent? So, <laughs> Yeah, it is all my fault for sure. Um, but he talked about expectations as, as we were. And they said, you know, they tasted that success. They never really had it before. It's like, okay, we did get to the Super Bowl a long time ago. But, you know, when you see that defense, that crazy stack to defense, the LOB, it does set up expectations for, oh, this is going to continue forever. And it's like, you got to be realistic. And no, it's not going to continue forever. Expectations to have a winning season every year. Nothing wrong with that. I, you should expect that. Absolutely. But when you don't get it, you shouldn't think it's time to tear everything down. And that was Sherman's comment is like, what, get rid of Pete Carroll? Wait to see what happens if you do that, which was a bit surprising to me that he came out so strongly in support of Pete because you know he wasn't exactly happy when the Hawks decided it would be best to part ways with him. But then again, look at what his career has been post-Seattle. Seahawks were right. He wasn't worth the money that they were going to have to pay to keep him, basically just because of injuries. And that's what the concern was. Uh, you know, and it's funny because he even addresses that without a, thinking what he's saying because he <laughs> talks about how you know without thinking it through and you know that's you got to be really self-aware and i'm not and he is very self-aware he's a super bright dude okay. but he's talking about how the fact that they you know the seahawks okay they they let chancellor go well they didn't say let chancellor go but you know just that the fact that they had the changeover and you expect the same thing's going to happen again like it's not going to happen it's like that's right richard it's a business and eventually people are going to move on and you're going to have to change and you know but to his credit he's, he's not bad mouthing the organization at all in this he's he's backing the organization which is which is interesting to me yeah um you know because again you can't have these expectations and think you have one losing season in 10 years and say oh it's time to tear it all down it's like are you kidding? Like you said, it's the strongest division in football. By far. By far. And you're bitching that you only won seven games? <laughs> yeah. I, okay. You put the Seahawks yeah. in the NFC East and they're in the playoffs. Or the AFC East, as our good friend Hyde said. <laughs> Be a Jets fan. Think how fun that is. It's like in your 7-10 and 10 season... I, a dozen team fan bases, they would be dancing in the frickin' aisles if they had a 7-10 and 10 season. <laughs> 12s, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be happy with it. No, not at all. But don't overreact and say, it's like, oh, my God, we got to shut everything down. This is awful. This is ridiculous. It's like, dude. Well, the funny thing happens, is a, a lot of Seahawks fans, sorry to interrupt, but a lot of Seahawks <laughs> fans, of which I am, uh, you know, even during, like, the last – few years of the 2010s when they were no longer making the super bowl after they'd gone to back-to-back super bowls were thinking yeah. oh maybe we should make a change it's like to what what do you right, want to exactly. change it to yeah that's what's that's insane and it's that expectation which is exactly what sure, he's talking about it's like come on it's like be realistic you know there are 32 teams and granted a dozen of them will never do anything they just aren't but 
Eh, you know, no, here we have the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. First time in, what, 31 years they're going back? So, yeah. you know, I, I'm totally with Sherman on this. Could he have couched it a little more friendly in a friendlier tone? Yeah, maybe, but why should he? Yeah, and that wouldn't be Sherman, right? You know, he says they hate accountability. These fans had never won anything before we got here. They have never won anything. It's like, okay, maybe that's not quite accurate, but overall, is it correct? For the fans that are calling out for a complete overhaul, yes, it's absolutely correct. And you're at crazy if you think that, oh, we had one bad season. Let's shut it all down. It's like, if you have another season like this, okay, then it's time to have a serious conversation. It's like, okay, maybe Pete doesn't know what he's doing. But <sighs> he has addressed the situation because we do have a new D.C. So, you right. know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And the new D.C., Clint Hurd, is also part of the Vic Fangio tree, too, because he started off in Chicago and then came to Seattle. So really, right. I mean, unless you just think Vic Fangio is part of the Pete Carroll tree, which is doing a disservice to Fangio because he's had a long, 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 long defensive coaching career that's been very good without Pete Carroll and right. has applied his own thinking, then, you know, it is what it is. I, I know there's going to be fans out there who are like, no, he's just not going outside the tree, even if it's a Vic Fangio tree. It's like, oh, they're kind of somewhat correlated. And it's like, God, give me a break. I mean, come on. Just they got rid of Ken Norton Jr., which they needed to do. I would think most people would think they needed to do. And and yeah. now they've got a 43-year-old defensive coordinator who's worked his way up over the last several years, who seems to be extremely well-liked and throughout the NFL seems to be very respected, which I think that says a lot, not just coming from Seattle. That is um, important. I mean, he could have gone to University of Miami, right, been there, D.C., which, of course, is different. But Miami's college football town is a little bit different, too. So sure. it's probably closer to an NFL mentality, you know, than – than yeah. going to Arkansas or whatever. Yeah. No offense to Arkansas, but you guys suck. <laughs> and you can't underrate, don't undervalue the importance of the coach being well-liked and respected because you got to sign free agents. Players, and that's, that's the important thing, too. You know, because you if you're... free agents, and, you know... Exactly. If, you, if the coach is an asshole and treats people like dogs, players might think about that before they they sign that contract, so... Yep. Oh, man, I totally want to. How, how often have we heard players like Adrian Peterson talked about how much he loved being in the organization? He was there for a cup of coffee, basically. And best. L- literally, best that was part of his contract. For. A lot of people don't know. <laughs> Two cups yeah, of coffee was, a day. It was Seattle's best. So, you know, That's right. <laughs> so. Oh, my goodness. It's yeah. it's that's a. For that reason, that, that's part of the puzzle, too. I think that's going to help as well. Yep. So we'll move on to, to Brian Flores because you're you're live in South Florida coming from the – it's not like you don't live there. I'm not saying that. We don't want, want – we want to make it look like listeners aren't listening to this part of me saying it out loud, breaking that fourth wall. But even <laughs> though you might live there, you're coming live from South Florida. Is there a fourth wall? Fourth, fifth wall. I don't know. Fifth wall. Yeah, fifth wall. dimension. Sixth dimension. I used to love them when I was a kid. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so um, Brian Flores says uh, you, know, you got t- 
terminated, wrongfully terminated, and maybe that's what pissed him off. I mean, he does have a lawsuit, and he has a right to be pissed. But the lawsuit is about several things, not just about um, African Americans not being um, given, in his view, and maybe that is the fact, uh, a, a chance to become a head coach in the NFL because there are so many white coaches who become head coach. Part of the issue is actually meet the press. Chuck Todd was talking about this today. But there's a lot of the head coaching candidates now are coming from offensive coordinator positions, kind of like what we have in the NFC West, right? Most right. of those guys were OCs. And there there was like the disparate, disparity between head coaches or sorry, offensive coordinators who were white and who were black was much greater even over the years than head coaches, which says a lot because I think there's some some offensive players who who have been African-American, who have done pretty well, who have probably make good offensive coordinators because players make good coaches, you know. Certain ones do anyway, not all of them. But if the offensive coordinators are mostly white and that's what's getting moved up, then we're only going to see white head coaches. But it was just such a great disparity. And the defensive side wasn't as much. It was 61 to 39. The offensive side was like 82 to 11 or something ridiculous like that. And, you know, one of the offensive coordinators the one in Kansas City probably doesn't get his due dil- uh, you know, his due diligence or whatever. His, Eric Bieniemy is who I'm talking about because Andy right. Reid's the head coach, so it's kind of like Seattle. Pete Carroll's the the head coach, so the, whoever the DC is, if they do well, that's because of Pete. And you know, probably even greater right. in Kansas City because people see it as Andy Reid's offense, and to some degree it is. But Flores's um, issue isn't just with the discrimination of uh oh, yeah. you know black coaches it also goes to fixing games basically right yeah yeah the integrity of the game and i'll just uh, throw in that there's a perfectly good reason that overwhelming there's the overwhelming disparity between african-american o- ocs and dcs it's jimmy the greek broke this down for us you know he said that the the uh the black athletes have a fast twitch muscle in their brain so they're they're more likely to be great defensive coordinators than offensive coordinators. That appears to be the thought process because the NFL is just incredibly stupid in so many ways. Uh, the Flores lawsuit, it's like he files a lawsuit, NFL's immediate response. The immediate response is there's no basis in this lawsuit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then they bother to actually, I don't know, read it, listen to any comments. And now, oh, three days later, racism in any form of discrimination is contrary to the NFL's values. We have made significant efforts to promote diversity, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sure you have. The Rooney Rule, is that significant? Really, Roger? Yeah, clearly it isn't. Clearly it's been, well, let's just just fly these guys in and, you know, right off the business lunch and, and then we pass the requirements. And then let's hire Doug Peterson again. Again, yeah. Correct. I mean, come on. Let's just recycle these mediocre coaches over and over. Well, and that and is part of the issue, over. right? I mean, they do, like every league, they recycle a lot of the same coaches and the same coaches mm-hmm. are white head coaches. That's part of the issue. Instead of, you know, looking for talent elsewhere, it's like, oh, it's better safe than sorry because it's the NFL. Everything's better safe than sorry. And that's part, part of it. But, of course, really what it is is better sorry than good is what it amounts to. It's like, yeah. like, why are you hiring these guys again? Why why are so many of these guys getting 
third and fourth chances. Are you serious? It's like Brian Flores is a guy who should get a second chance because he never should have been fired to begin with. Right. Yeah. That is a personality conflict. It's like, really? So you chose the. Never mind. Uh, Maybe it was because so, Brian Flores wouldn't take the hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. Could be. Could be because allegedly and allegedly there's a witness to Stephen Ross offering Flores a hundred thousand dollars. Jimmy the Greek lost. is the witness. Probably is. Now this is back in 2019, and they won three of their last five. And allegedly, allegedly, uh, he was told that uh, Stephen Ross was pissed. That they won three of the last five games. So can you imagine how angry he must have been? Now, there's no allegations or statements that he was pissed about the Baltimore's turnaround this season. But if he was pissed that they picked fifth because they won three out of their last five a few years ago, how happy was he that they started off one and seven and then rolled off seven wins in a row? It's like because, you know, he was thinking first round pick, first round pick, first round pick. I don't know why, because what do they do? It's like, yeah, okay. So, although didn't make any difference because they traded it away anyway. So makes, that's probably why he wasn't didn't care actually because uh, it just would have been the Eagles' high pick. Um, that's kind of important. And of course, Stephen Ross denies it. He, the only thing he has never denied is being an idiot. Other than that, <laughs> the guy is culpable in, in everything. He's just one of the worst freaking owners. He's like, oh my god, this guy's a moron. I'm shocked he doesn't own the Marlins while he's at it. But it's just it's just incredible that this could be – well, the sad thing that it's not surprising that it could be true. Not in the least surprising that it could be true. And now, of course, the NFL is going to seriously investigate this. It's like, yeah, I'm sure you are. Um, they don't care. It's all public relations for the NFL. Always has been. Aaron Rodgers, they knew Aaron Rodgers was intentionally misleading about uh, being immunized and just swept it under the rug. They chose not to take any action against it, which is why he skated when it finally was made public, because they knew and didn't give a shit because he's he means viewers. That's all they care about. Yeah, exactly. He is one of the most important players in the NFL, so. They definitely don't want to take him off the field if they can help it. I mean, it's just what's, a, what's really crazy is that a, possibly that the Texans may hire Flores, even though everyone said it's like, well, this is his death sentence for coaching because he's suing the NFL is like probably not going to get hired. And it, he probably felt like, well, Jesus, if I do the job I did in Miami, which, again, I completely stand by. He's the best head coach they've had since Don Shula. And yes, that does include Jimmy Johnson. Uh, if he gets fired from there, it's like, what chance do I have to get hired in keeping the job? Don't blame him for saying, like, you know what? Screw this. I'm suing for what's right. Uh, but, but you know, I don't know. I mean, if he goes to Houston, is he still in the NFL? I, I was about to say, isn't that a punishment? It's like you get yeah, fired exactly. from Miami, and then you fire, file all this lawsuit, and part of the, the thing that NFL works out with him is, well, you have to go coach Houston. So it's like, yeah. oh. Man, damn it. I guess I'm stuck. Because um, yeah. that's a, I mean, that's that's such a horribly run organization. But, but, but yes, I mean, they're, he's a, these are their candidates. Flores, Eagles DC, Jonathan Gannon, never been a head coach, or Josh McCown. And that's he's never coached. For- a serious 
potential hire who has never coached. As far as I know, I don't think he's even coached Pop Warner. He, he has never coached. But he's friends. <laughs> he's friends with yeah. him. <laughs> they are legitimately considering making him not like a quarterback's coach, not, you know, not a passing game coordinator, not the OC, a head coach. It's like, okay, <laughs> that is, oh, my God. Can you imagine? I, again, again, 12s, if you're upset with the Seahawks, count your blessings you didn't grow up in That's Houston because right. you'd be fans of that organization. Think how fun that is. Yep. What a freaking train wreck. They almost make the Dolphins look good, but they don't because <laughs> the Dolphins are even worse. Paying paying your head coach to lose games? Okay. Allegedly. Good call. Good. Oh, come on. There's, there's, yeah, it's allegedly. For the purposes of this podcast, it's allegedly. Uh-huh. <laughs> that guy oh, we could get sued. But um, we can say whatever we want. Unbelievable. Um, anyway. It's funny, though, that uh, one, one thing, one person that almost looks like a sympathetic character in all of this is Bill Belichick. Because <laughs> cause he, he made a mistake, which, you know, he he even says, sorry, I effed this up to Flores because he thought he was talking to a different coach or texting with a different coach and it ended up being Flores, who he talks to Flores clearly because they have each other's yeah. phone numbers. Um, but texted, texted the wrong Brian. Texted the wrong Brian. So, yeah. Which um, is which is how White Flores said that why he's suing the Giants, because. They called him in for an interview three days after they had decided they were hiring another coach. So that's pretty clear that uh, they weren't really going to actually make an effort to hire him. It was just to pass the Rooney rule. Yep. Which is part of the issue, right? Because you have the exactly. rule, so therefore you have to do it. But it doesn't mean you're – so that makes it harder on Flores to prove all this, even though it's – Clearly, just from the results, has to be the case. But, right. you know, it makes it harder to go, oh, we did interview this. We did interview this person. This person we interviewed, blah, blah, blah. And we interviewed Josh McCown. Um, but um, I like how Belichick signs off his text with BB. Like, I, we know who this is. It came from your phone, Bill. You don't have to say who you are. I know who it is. Barbie, Barbie Benton? I don't know. <laughs> um, Bill Belichick. What a, I, mean, I, I love the fact that he screwed that up. Yeah, he did screw that up, dude. He screwed it up and nice he owned job. up to it, though. I think that's one thing we should give him props for. It wasn't like, oh, oh, and then tried to hide it. He was like, no, I'm sorry, I effed this up. I mean, I'm saying effed this up because that's literally what he wrote. Sorry, I effed yeah. this up. So, um, and I would feel bad, too, if I texted somebody in, you know, in the coaching circle and thought, hey, man, congratulations, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, man, I would feel horrible. And clearly he did. Um, but does he feel worse doing that, or does he feel worse that Tom Brady has won a Super Bowl without him, which happened two years ago, and now he's retired? So Tom Brady, your retirement. How much does this affect you personally, financially, and romantically? Well, romantically, it's pretty good because now he's got more time. That's true. Um, I don't know. Was anyone surprised that he retired? I was kind of hoping. So I, I don't really like. It's not that dislike tom brady the person i didn't like the patriots winning i mean that's just a natural reaction yeah. of a sports fan unless you're a fan of that team right you don't like and right. of 
course, if if this was another team that won so many Super Bowls, but yeah, had years where they didn't win the Super Bowl, you'd want to fire Bill Belichick, right? Oh, he didn't win the Super Bowl this year. Something's wrong. So, anywho, but um, but yeah, I didn't. It wasn't that I disliked Tom Brady, the the person. I don't know him personally. Um, He has some political views which I don't like, but then he also made that comment about how you know after they won the Super Bowl and went to the White House and made that joke about um, you know. So many people don't believe we actually won the Super Bowl. So I was like, oh, that's funny because that's kind of a funny right. joke. But um, but I didn't want him to keep winning. Um, how that said, Adam Schefter over the last couple of years to me, no offense to Adam Schefter, he has a lot more inside information than I ever will. But he seems to be going more towards that ESPN. I've got to break this news now and blah, blah, blah. It, it's not the integrity anymore. It's more like I have to be first. So yeah, he, yeah. he broke this news. Oh, Brady's retiring. And Brady was like, hold on, I'm not retiring. So I almost wish Brady had played again just to be like, <laughs> I was going to retire until Adam Schefter said I was retiring. And then I was like, screw him. Just to stick like, it to the man. That's right. And, and he probably would have signed with the Texans and played for Brian Forrest. And um, won the Super Bowl. <laughs> and won, yeah, probably would have. Or got yeah, him it is interesting else. to me that uh, playoffs, that uh, Belichick has not had the degree of success. They did get back to the playoffs, but did they really? Exactly. Did you did you watch um, did you game. watch any of the preci- precision? Uh, the Pro Bowl skill competition where Mac Jones. I, I, I did not. Um, so what you know Mac Russell Jones Wilson. Did? Well, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was, dominated. Yeah, but he was. It was. It was weird the way they did. It. Actually, I like the way they did it. So with this uh, precision passing competition, it was two NFC players and two AFC players. But one of the NFC players was a non-quarterback and one of the AFC players was a non-quarterback. So you got to see them throw, throw passes. That's fun. Yeah. It made it fun. Actually the two guys that was Van Jefferson or Justin Jefferson um, from the Vikings and then um, Hunter Renfro from the Raiders, they actually both could throw the ball. They weren't accurate, but they're not quarterbacks, but they, they look good throwing the ball. I mean, they can clearly throw the ball, but um, Mac Jones went first um of the quarterbacks and he was like eh. and actually kind of like mac jones because i like you know he just goes out there he doesn't talk he just plays he's yeah. a perfect quarterback for the patriots but then wilson <laughs> yeah, came out exactly there. <laughs> wilson came out there and and just was like uh these are my first two throws and they're the long throws to so the deep end of the corner of the end zone and they're like they don't just hit the target they're right in the middle of the target and then he hits one deep down the middle, right in the moving target, right in the middle. And it's just like, holy crap. So he ended up with like, he did got 28 points or the NFC got 28. Well, he got 28 points because Justin Jefferson didn't get any points. Um, and then the <laughs> AFC, no, no offense to Justin Jefferson. He's throwing passes. He's getting closer than yeah, I am. Yeah. But um, quarterback. Right. yeah, the AFC had nine and actually Hunter Renfro actually got a point of that. So it was just, it looked like a domination, but it was just like. Just watching Russell Wilson's accuracy was phenomenal, but um, you know, same especially thing after the way he looked in midseason. So I guess his fingers yep. good. Yeah, and that's actually what that's, they said at the end. They're like, oh, I guess yeah. his fingers okay. That's the um, takeaway for me. I mean, it's cool that he won the competition. I mean, because it's a fun thing. But the takeaway is he's okay. So physically, he's okay. You know, we'll see how it is next year. 
think see if he's again too short all of a sudden because uh, you know apparently he shrank during the season but i love that comment and it's like oh he's too short uh, yeah, yeah you're right he was six foot five of I mean, all the 12 12 win seasons i mean it's incredible what happened to him actually i'd like, like to comment uh, on twitter that somebody that uh, muted on on our 12th and rising twitter but you responded to the guy and then you we posted the article about Richard Sherman and the guy was like, no, did he say that before he was arrested? I'm like, dude, have some class. First of all, yeah. um, has nothing to do with this arrest. So stop, you know, yeah. I mean, say what you want, but don't just throw out. Dirt. It's like, it is what it is. The guy made a mistake. Yeah. So, is, is it, is it germane to his statements? Not really. I mean, no. and like a couple writers have, you know, talked about the ironic, uh, issue of him talking about accountability and it's like okay but didn't he own up to what he was doing he did so okay yeah he did so so i'm not quite sure you know why they think he's not holding himself accountable because he did <laughs> uh anyway so i'm gonna so we'll, you know we'll, we'll end with the tom brady thing but um you know yeah one, to answer your question seven super bowls right um i like tom brady Okay. And uh, I guess he's mainly because he's a Michigan man. This I hate the fact Todd has just announced his love for Tom Brady and his hate for the Seahawks. You can't like them both. That's true. And I hate the fact that he won a single game for the Patriots because I'm not a fan of the Patriots or Bill Belichick. Uh, not a fan of the fact that Tom Brady cheated. He's like, come on, dude. It's like you. you Wait, he took that hundred thousand dollars from Miami. Born <laughs> with a football in your hand. And you can't tell that it's deflated. Uh-huh. Sure, buddy. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but overall, was he good for the game? <laughs> yeah, that's not even a serious question. It's like, clearly the guy was good for the game. Um, and was he better at his job than Bill Belichick? Well, who won a Super Bowl without the other one? That That, that answers the question. I mean, that's it. It does, but... It's, I mean, he's going to leave with all these, you know, he's going to have the most passing touchdowns and he, he played a bunch of games, but there's Drew Brees played a bunch of games too. So it wasn't like he just threw so many more passes than Brees or whatever else or Peyton or whatever. He's going to end with like the most touchdown passes thrown, the most yards, you know, thrown for in the NFL and NFL history and the NFL history. That sounds, that sounds like good English in NFL history. <laughs> But make good words. The I, the thing is, and I'm not arguing he's not the greatest. I mean, he's won more Super Bowls clearly than any anybody else. Mm-hmm. But the game, he he was the greatest quarterback over the time that he played. Exactly. But the game has changed so much that right. if you have Joe Montana on those Patriots teams, Joe Montana has six Super Bowl wins. If you put Dan Marino on those Patriots teams. Dan Marino has six Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not like yeah. they each one was great and, and saying one is better than the other one is definitely the greatest kind of detracts from the other one, so it's unfair to the other players. They didn't have that same chance. Would Tom Brady have won four Super Bowls with the 49ers like Joe Montana did? I don't think so. Not during that time. He, he, but, he might have, but but the the game is so different. It's so geared to passing. That's Absolutely. that's it. That's it. Exactly. Because you're like, oh, I mean, you look at quarterback ratings of like Dan Marino, for instance, 
Terry Bradshaw yeah. and 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 compare yeah. them to some the 32nd ranked uh, quarterback rating of any quarterback in the NFL in 2021. It's like, oh, this guy sucks. Oh, this guy's actually a Hall of Famer. Let me tell you why. And right, it's exactly. just kind of like what you said. The game has just changed so it's much. Changed so much, so much. And it's not just the protection of the quarterbacks. It's the fact that oh, wide receivers can actually get off the line as opposed to you know get <laughs> get close lined practically. Uh, legally, I should say, uh, you know, it's a, it's such a different game. The passing game is so open compared to, which is not detracting from Brady. He took full advantage of the environment he was in. He should. And did he take better advantage of it than anybody else while he's playing? Probably. Yeah, he's absolutely one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. There's no no disputing that. But you can't just look at the stats and say, oh my God, yeah, he's got all the records. It's like. He's got all the records because the game was set up to enable someone to have all the records. It wasn't set up for him. I'm not saying there's no, the fix is in. It's like, yeah, no. Uh, the fix is in against having a black head coach, but the fix wasn't in for exactly. Tom Brady to set records. But it's, right. someone may eventually pass him. Uh, may. But it's probably going to take more rules changes to make it even more passer friendly. Cause Barry Bonds that, just passed him. That, well, that's true. It depends on their hat size, I guess, if they pass them or not. <laughs> uh, because that, that longevity is just incredible. And that's probably the most incredible thing about, about Brady's career is that he stayed. He was able to play at such a high level so for so, so long. Yep. And, yeah, who knows? Maybe that was uh, enhanced somehow. I don't really think so. I think he just legit took care of his body. Yeah. And... And uh, didn't want to get sacked a lot. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's a smart thing to do. I mean, yeah, I always exactly. remember the year that, that, that uh, Dan Reno got sacked literally four times in a season. And he would pop up one of those four times, and he was, like, incensed. Like, he would kidnap <laughs> his children. He's like, how can you do this to me? He's like, I think that's part of that mindset. It's like, listen, I ain't going to get touched. If I got right. anything green on my uniform and I'm not playing for the Jets or the Eagles – there's a problem. You're going to hear about it. Yep. And, and Brady was definitely that kind of guy, too. And so yeah, like, both of them, both of them intentionally did things to limit how many times they got hit. No, no offense to Russell Wilson, but he doesn't do that. If Russell Wilson were more like Marino and Brady and had, you know what? I need to get this ball off in this amount of time. And if it's not right. off in this amount of time, I should probably throw it away. And that's not the wrong thing to do because he chooses no. to take the risk of a sack because, he, as he always says, he chooses to extend the play. How many times has he, you know, I would rather him get sacked. I don't want him to see him get sacked, but I'd rather have him get sacked 40 times because he's extending the play. And it's like, oh, my God, did you see what he yeah. just did? And sometimes, though, he's doing sometimes he's getting sacked where he should throw the ball. And he's not trying to extend it. And that's that's the that's difference true. between a quarterback like Marino and Brady is that they. They just are in more control of every single play. Does that make sense? I, and no offense to Russell Wilson, who I love as a Seahawks quarterback, who's a Hall of Fame quarterback. But oh, that's the Jesus, difference. Yes. It's like some plays, yeah. it's like through Brady and Marino make mistakes. Yeah, I mean, they've thrown tons of interceptions. But they always seem to have a, a, a clock in their head. If this doesn't yeah. happen in this amount of time, I don't need yeah. to hurt my team by taking a bad sack. Yeah. And, and Russ, sometimes that clock fails him, but does, yeah. because he's geared differently because he thinks he, he always thinks he can make the play. Now, the difference between him and someone like Garoppolo is he can make the play. 
Janine Garofalo? Yeah, Kenny Garofalo. Played she can make the play, you know what I'm saying. I mm, know what you're saying, man. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway. So, um, so Tom Brady is officially retired, uh, which made Adam Schefter so happy because he took so much flack from him saying he was retired. Oh, he's not really retired. Oh, uh, see, I told you he was retired. Well, no, yeah, Adam. Like, wait, just... wait, wait until it's official. There's no exactly. reason to be first. Yep. I mean, even though it's a first driven media thing, it's like, come on, man, just just wait until you're right for sure. Right. You know, so if you want to tweet that he's it looks like he's going to retire, by all means. But yeah, sources can't have say told me he's retiring, but don't say it like it's set in stone. Right. Um, so uh, and this so Tom Brady's retirement actually might help the Seahawks in a way because the. Okay. The Buccaneers are not probably just going to lose Tom Brady. They're also probably going to lose Gronkowski too, right? Because he's like, oh, I don't want to no, play for any other quarterback. There's no probably to it. That's the only reason he came back. So of course right. he's leaving. And Leonard Fournette's a free agent, and, and so I mean, they're still they still have enough talent on that team to be good, but they're not going to be as good. And that's one of the teams the Seahawks would have to jump over to get to the postseason right. next year, even though they're not in the same division. They're in the same conference. So, you know, that that's a win, even though Seattle should be good enough on paper to beat Tampa um, next year because they just had an off year this year. Um, that's still one of the teams you have to jump over. So it's, it's yeah, good. Now sure. we just need other quarterbacks to to retire. I mean, or Aaron Rodgers probably is going to be a Denver Bronco next year. And you know, so, so. Anyway, you have any final thoughts? Are you going to watch the Pro Bowl today? Today being uh, Sunday. Probably will. Um, one final thought, though, is speaking of being first, it's like I, someone tweeted uh, Alvin Kamara to the Seahawks as if this was a done deal. And I thought, what? <laughs> this is crazy. He's like, don't tweet stuff like that. Just don't. Right. You know, it's like I'm really yep. glad that I wasn't able to find your stupid tweet and click on it to see your hideous <laughs> article. If, if there even was an article, because, you know, apparently. <clears throat> Uh, the closest thing I've seen to that is they're con- considered potential buyers. It's like, should they be a potential buyer sure. with, yeah. with Rashad Penny? It's like, uh, yeah, I mean, Kamara's great. I'm not saying it's like, oh, why would you look at Kamara? Of course you should look at Kamara. But it's not like they don't have options. It's not like they're desperate for a running back. Right. So this, yeah, just stop doing this kind of crap. And Kamara doesn't really fit what they want to do offensively. He fits no. what the Saints want. He's he's a great player. I'm not he. Oh, absolutely, he's a great. He's player. a great player in college, and he had a head coach who decided, oh, we've got this other running back who's better than you, who wasn't clearly, but we're not gonna. So yeah, so he wasn't <laughs> overused in college, where he might be right. a little bit more in the NFL, but he's a great fit in the Saints system, and he would be a great fit in lots of other systems. He just wouldn't put up the same. He wouldn't put up the numbers that 12s expect him to put up in Seattle just because you've got Alvin Kamara. He's a different oh. player. So we're talking Jimmy Graham 2.0. Yeah. As, as you brilliantly put, one of the, no, I don't think he said it was one of the worst. This is the worst trade ever. And I, I agree. I think it is the worst trade ever. It's like, has the offensive line been right ever since then? Nope. Was Jimmy Graham worth it? No, because they were <laughs> never going to use him the way the Saints used him. They're not going to give him 140 targets. No. Which is why he rolled up the numbers. He, everyone seemed to overlook that, including Seattle, which is like, hmm, not sure why you're not thinking that through there, guys. Anyway. 
Anyway, that's that's our show, and uh, we'll be back next week talking about the Super Bowl between Tom Brady's uh, Rams, and he's been traded, and against the uh, uh, Joe Burrow's Cincinnati Bengals, because why would you take anybody over Burrow at this point? He's on a roll. It's T. It's T. So, Martin. Everybody knows that. It's, Everybody his, knows it's T. Martin. T. T. Higgins. T. Higgins. Could be T. Martin. Martin. Maybe he's a coach. Yeah, what the he's hell a coach. Did I say Martin for what's wrong with me? Jesus. Well, T. Martin's a coach. He could be, heck, he could be, even be a coach on the Bengals team for all I know. We're, we're going to edit this part out. No, ah, no. I, I, I'm far no, too lazy no to editing. edit anything. Except for I the know, there's no editing. With the police arresting <laughs> you. Well, maybe I should leave that. But anyway, thanks for listening. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.